morning, I want to share with you from Luke chapter 2 today, an unusual story that we get a glimpse into, but a meaningful story nonetheless. You know, when the Bible tells us about the life of Jesus, we, we learn about his birth and we learn about even just maybe the few weeks after his birth. And then there's like this huge gap until he's 12 years old. And then there's another huge gap until he's about uh, 30 years old. And today we're going to look at this story of the 12 year old Jesus, though he was 12 was full of wisdom and grace from the Lord, even as a child. And there are some incredible things we can learn about this story today, about our lives and what it means to follow Jesus. How many of you know following Jesus is not always a walk in the park, right? It's, there's, there's troubles at time, there's difficulties at time. And a lot of times uh, those troubles and difficulties are not so much life itself, but it's the battle that happens inside that no one else can see. And this is one of those stories that uh, we're going to look at here today. And I want to read to you this morning this uh, story here in Luke chapter 2, verse 41. The Bible says, Now every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. And when the festival was ended, they started to return, and the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were, one, were unaware of this. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey, and then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. How many parents would have said something very close to the same thing, right? He said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house or uh, other some manuscripts add or be about my father's interest or business? But they did not understand what he said to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. When I was about six years old, I have this vague memory, uh, but it was a, a memory nonetheless, of going to Disney World for the first time. And my grandmother and my mom took my brother and I to Disney World, and uh, it was my first time, of course, at Disney World at six years old, and of course, the wonder of seeing Cinderella's Castle as you walk down uh, the main street there and you see approaching. And right before that castle is that uh, a statue of Walt Disney and Mickey holding hands right there in front of the castle. And I remember this memory as most memories of Disney World, uh, walking through Main Street, it's like shoulder to shoulder of people trying to get there. Now, my brother had been known to kind of do his own thing. And so I'm six, he was 
Uh, he would have been about four or five at the time. And uh, my mom was smart because she knew that he liked to do his own thing. He would kind of take off. That's, that was his thing. And so they developed this device that was called a child leash. And it's great for Disney World because it's only got about two foot uh, rain there. Uh, but somehow when we got close to that Walt Disney statue, I remember looking around and I did not see my brother. And I remember looking up at my mom and seeing this look of terror on her face. Oh no, where did he go? And I remember this lasted for a few minutes. And you know, if, if you've been there before, you know that statue, it's like a roundabout kind of uh, there of the road and you can kind of walk around in a circle around it. And I remember her just, us just going around looking for him. Where did he go? Where did he go? He's missing. Where did he go? I can't find him. And she's beginning to panic. My grandmother, they're beginning to panic. Uh, what do we do? Uh, who do we talk to? It's like shoulder to shoulder. You can't see, especially somebody who's this tall, you can't see them amidst all of that crowd and panic began to set in. And I remember us just pacing over and over looking, where did he go? He couldn't have gone too far, but who knows? It's Disney World. He's, he's fast. He's, he's got to be on a leash because he's so fast. I mean, he's, he's, that's what he does but we still couldn't find him and looking and looking and I remember eventually uh, my mom was able to lay eyes on him and found him and that moment of reunion was uh, just the relief that I could see in her and I think for me you know as a, as a six-year-old I have this memory and I have the memory more of my mother's reaction to his disappearance than the event itself I have more of the look of terror on her face and the look of relief when all of this happened and as I read this story about the 12 year old Jesus that went missing I can't help but to recall that day in my mind when my brother went missing for just a few minutes and the, the, the anxiety that set in on Mary and Joseph as they had gone this long journey and had realized after the day's journey, uh-oh, where is Jesus? But then three days after that went on and he still was nowhere to be found. And all of the emotions that would have come along with that revelation, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Jesus. He's missing. He's missing. We can't find him. How are we? What kind of, in all the questions that a parent begins to ask themselves when something happens like that, how did I let this happen? He was just right here. We were watching all the things that could have possibly happened and all the people that were there and how somehow he just didn't make it and all the things that they were thinking in their mind. But yet somehow they knew to go back to Jerusalem to search for him. And they went to the temple and there was Jesus, 12-year-old Jesus, sitting in with the teachers. And he wasn't just sitting, but he was listening, asking questions. And the Bible says that all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. 12-year-old Jesus. This morning, I want to talk to you about going with Jesus, going with Jesus. This story is a picture of what happens when we go on in life without Jesus. And it's the frightening realization that when I've gone so long 
and I realize that I've gone without Jesus and he's not present in my life, that there is this anxiety that sets in and thinks, oh my goodness. And this is what was happening in Mary and Joseph's mind, was that they were beginning to realize that they had gone to the Passover with Jesus, but they didn't leave the Passover uh, with Jesus. He was with them on the way there, but when they left, he wasn't on the way there. And you know, life gives us choices every day. Every person in this room has choices every day. And that's the beauty of being created by God, our God. Other gods might say you were created for some other reason, but you're not given a choice. You've got to do it this, 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 and way. But our God gives us a choice. Every person has a choice. And no, no, there is no person that God is going to force to serve him. No, he's given that to you. If, if God was in the business of coercion, then he couldn't really be God. That would be outside the parameters of his love. That would not make him us truly being able to love him and us loving him. If God really loved us, then it says about us that we've all been given a decision with how am I going to live my life for Jesus? Am I going to live my life serving him with all of my heart? Or am I going to go off and do my own thing? And unfortunately, what happens a lot of times is we tend to go off and do our own thing and then come to the frightening realization, I've been doing life this long without Jesus. How in the world have I been doing it? But by his grace. And this story, there are some things here that I believe we can learn as we are beginning to step out of this first month into the rest of this year. Uh, some just words of caution to us, the dangers of going without Jesus. And there are a few things that I picked up here as I began to read this story. I believe the Lord might speak to us through that this just was caught my eyes about our human behavior. And the first one we see here in verse 42, the Bible says he was 12 years old and they went up as usual for the festival. You know, sometimes in our life, habits and traditions can often lead us to a place of discovering that it may not be the Lord that is always in those habits and traditions. And this was the frightening realization was they were doing what they always did, but when they left, they didn't do it as they always left. There was something missing and it was Jesus. And one of the dangers of going without Jesus and one of the things that tends to happen is that we do things as usual. We go about our life and pursue life in our own routines and habits without searching for Jesus in that day, without searching for Jesus in the mundane, without searching for Jesus in the routine and saying, is God in this? In the little things, is God in this? Lord, how are you leading me today? Where are you at in this? What is your will for my life today? And it's often in the mundane where we forget to look for Jesus that causes us to miss him in the bigger picture decisions that have to be made. But it's in those moments, it's in the habits, it's in the traditions, it's in the as usual, where we're learning the abiding relationship with Jesus, learning to walk with him day to day, learning to follow him and hear his voice, learning to listen to what he says and act in obedience. It's in those uh, usual things. And the danger of going with Jesus is that sometimes we can mistake our habits for the direction of Jesus when it really, there is no direction of Jesus in that thing. God is not leading us in that way. 
That's one of the dangers. The second danger, the Bible we see here in verse 44, that, or, or verse 43 rather, the Bible says that the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it, or his parents were unaware of this. One of the dangers of going without Jesus is a misalignment in our relationship with Jesus. Misalignment with our, in our relationship with Jesus. And that's what happened with Mary in Jerusalem. Because they assumed, and they, or because they did things as usual, they went to the Passover, they left the Passover, they did things as usual, this caused them to become unaware of the presence of Jesus with them. And they missed out on having Jesus accompany them because they were unaware that he was staying behind. And the dangers of going without Jesus is that if we are not living in the abiding relationship with the Lord and God begins to give us direction and leadership in a way that is maybe contrary to as usual and we miss out on that direction, then we find ourselves in a place where we've missed the direction of the Lord for our lives. And this is one of those things that tends to happen oftentimes in church ministry is that our habits lead us to a misalignment of what the Lord is doing. Because we've been doing this as usual, it keeps us away from searching and saying, but is the Lord in this? Is God in this thing that we've been doing over and over again? Yes, we have Sunday service every Sunday at 11 a.m., but every now and then it doesn't hurt to say, Lord, are you guiding us in a fresh direction, in a a new way and saying, what is your will for our church, for any church for that matter? It's oftentimes those habits and traditions that can cause us to miss out on the fresh direction that the Lord has for us. But if we are living and with the accompanying presence of Jesus, and if we are having an awareness, Jesus is with me. It is much harder to miss out on the direction of the Lord because he is with us. The second thing we hear, one of the dangers of going without Jesus, verse 44, is that they made assumptions. And how many of us know assumptions are never good? Assumptions are the worst. All of us make assumptions, but really they never lead to anything productive. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went on a day's journey. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went on a day's journey. Isn't this dangerous? That they went based upon what they thought, but what they didn't confirm. And because they thought it and didn't confirm it, this caused them to end up in a place where they realized Jesus is not in this. He's not with us. Their assumptions caused them to miss out on the accompanying presence of Jesus. We do this a lot as Christians. We do this a lot in our conversations with the Lord. Well, Lord, I just assumed that it was okay. I just assumed that that was what you wanted for my life. That was just what, but we make the mistake that they made in Joshua. They did not inquire of the Lord. And because they did not inquire of the Lord, they made an assumption that caused them to miss out on God's purpose for their life. And this is one of the dangers of going without Jesus is that we can become we can be, uh, make assumptions that God is just in this, but then we get to the point where we realize, but is God really in this? 
that I've learned in my life that when there is a clear direction from the Lord and there is a clear calling from God, it is much easier to get further down the road and realize when discouragement or doubt comes in about that plan. To look back and say, well, I am having some doubts and discouragements. This is difficult. But I know for a matter of a fact, God led me this way. He gave me clear direction that this was what he wanted. And oftentimes, I have found that God gives us a promise or a word to keep us united to that purpose or plan that he has later on down the road. So that when discouragement does come or fear or whatever else thing may come along the journey, you and I are much more apt to keep on going and persevering, knowing, oh, no, I know God told me to do this. God led me to do this. And I'm going to go and do that. We need God's affirmation in our lives, God's direction in our lives, in our career choices, in our marriage choices, in our financial choices, all the things that make up our lives. We need God's affirmation and direction and calling because listen, all of those things, when you think about it and God is missing in one of those elements of our lives, whatever it might be, then the rest of the things become out of whack and our purpose and our plan can become distracted and it can become confusing for what God really wants us to do. But when we live in an abiding relationship with Jesus, and we know, no, Jesus is with me here. It doesn't always make sense. I don't understand why we're doing what we're doing. But I know Jesus is with me. It is much easier to keep going knowing, I know, it's okay. God's with me. He's going to help me. The Bible teaches us a proverb that is important, I think, in this scope of Scripture. In Proverbs 19 and 21. That many are the plans in a person's heart. Many. All of us here, right? Many, many plans. Oh, I can go back and look. I remember all of my plans. I had them mapped out all the way from elementary school through middle school to high school. I am going to go. I remember I told myself I'm going to go to the University of Virginia. I'm going to go be a doctor. I'm going to go do this. And I'm going to do this specific field of study, endocrinology. And I'm going to find this person to help me along the way. And this, in all of those plans, oh, they were many were in my heart. But the Bible says, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. A lot of times you and I, we come up with many plans. We devise, this, the NRSB says, devise many plans. We create them in our minds and we think, oh, that sounds so wonderful and great. But ultimately, it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established or will prevail. God has great things for our lives. Isn't that right? God has some great things for our lives. And oftentimes we think, I have some great things in mind for my life. But how many of us are God and can see the future and know all the things that are up ahead and know that sometimes it's not always going to work out the way it's supposed to. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevail. The human mind may devise many plans, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established. And so with that verse in mind, here we see Mary and Joseph and the rest of the crowd and they make a realization. I love this story because it's not a story of, uh oh, we've gone without Jesus. He's gone missing and our lives are over. No, it's a story of second chances. It's a story of when you've realized you've been going without Jesus or our ministry or our church or our, our, my calling or whatever it might be has been going without Jesus, whoever we might be, that we can come to a realization and a point of turnaround 
where we realize and God opens our eyes and we see, no, we're missing Jesus in this. And I love that about the Lord. That God gives us a second chance. God gives us a moment where the blindfold comes off and the truth is revealed. And we realize what I had been assuming and what I had been doing as usual and what I was unaware of and I was misaligned with God's purpose. I've come to the realization, Lord, yes, all of that was true. And I realize you're not here. I need to find you again in my life. I need to search for you. And so that's what the Bible said they did. They began to search for Jesus. And the wonderful truth about the story is, is that when you begin to search for Jesus, you will find him. There is no person on this earth, not one person who has searched for Jesus and never found him. When the Bible says that you will ask and you will, you will be answered to. Seek and you will find. It will be open to you. Knock and it will be open to you. The Bible is true to his word. This is why this phenomenon is happening across the Middle East. Where people who are in persecuting countries. Beginning to wonder about Jesus. Through things that they've heard. And there's this phenomenon that is happening from stories. From missionaries. That they're beginning to see Jesus in dreams. And hear stories about the Bible. Through visions and all these things. Because the moment that a person begins to seek Jesus. They will find him. Call on me in the day of trouble, the Bible says, and I will answer you. And this is the wonderful truth is that when you go without Jesus and the moment you realize I'm missing Jesus and begin to search for him, wait for him to show up at any moment. That's how Jesus works. And that was what was beginning to happen here was that they began to search. They went three days and found him, the Bible says, in the temple. And Jesus gives them the question of the, the hour. He says, why were you searching for me? Isn't that interesting, 12-year-old Jesus? Why were you searching for me? Did you not know? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? You know what Jesus was really telling them? If I could interpret for 12-year-old Jesus, was you knew where I was all along. You know how I operate. You know the plans that God is working through the life of Jesus? Did you not know that I would be in the temple doing what I've been called to do? Did you not know? And sure enough, that's where he was. That I must be in my father's house or be about my father's business. And that's exactly where they found Jesus. When you are going with Jesus, yes, sometimes it is like swimming upstream. Yes, sometimes it's like going up the wrong side of the escalator. But when you are going with Jesus, it is about doing the Father's will. It is about doing what is important to the Father. It is about the Father's interest. The Bible doesn't say, teach us to pray this way. Lord, your kingdom come, let Charlie's will be done. That's not what the Bible says. Insert your name in there. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And usually, most of the time, the struggle that you and I have in life is learning to lay down our will and become about our Father's will. And the moment that we get to the point where we say, I'm just finally going to let go of my will and say, Lord, what do you have for my life? And the moment that we do that, you'll find that what begins to happen is when you search for Jesus, number one, you'll find him. And number two, when you become about the Father's will, God begins to help you to do his will. There's grace in that. And the question that we all have to ask ourselves in going with Jesus this year 
and leading the life that we're in and making the decisions that we're in and the friendships that we have and the relationships that we have is ultimately ask ourselves the question, is the path that I'm leading on leading me closer to the Father's will for my life or farther away from the Father's will for my life? Because remember, many are the plans in the person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And it is the Lord's purpose for your life that prevails. It is what God has in mind for your life that will prevail. And you might say to me, well, Charlie, that seems kind of like a bully. Like he's telling me this is what I've got to do and and I'm not doing what I want. Listen, it's not about what we want. If it was about what we want, then we would have ended up without a savior a long time ago. But it's about what the father wants that all may come to know him. And because of that, he sent his son to die for you and I. And now we're going to have eternal life and live with him forevermore. I can't think of a better will for my life than anything other than that. Otherwise, I'd be lost, confused, and, and destined for death. But God had a better plan in mind. Thank God for that. Is that when I'm going without Jesus, God had a better plan in mind for my life. And here's the wonderful realization as the musicians come. That it's not too late to turn around. It's not too late to go back and look for Jesus. It's not too late to go back and search for him. All the stories and testimonies I've heard, wonderful testimonies I've heard of people, many, many testimonies who've said, I grew up in church all of my life. But for some point, I just checked out and did my own thing for a while. But then some point I realized I needed Jesus in my life. And they came to the realization and humbled themselves before the Lord. And all of those times where they assumed and they did as usual and they thought Jesus, that's one thing that happens a lot of times. You just go to church, you just get in the motions, but you forget why you're doing it and you're not living it out day to day. Then it just becomes something that you get lost in instead of really having meaning for our lives. But when you do, isn't it wonderful to be in the will of God? There is something about being in the will of God. It is the best comforting place that anybody could ever be. And the amazing thing is, is that sometimes being in the will of God, oftentimes we'll have difficulties in our life. It's going to be troubles. It's going to be things that come along. It's going to be hard. But when you're in the will of the Lord, And you're knowing I'm going with Jesus. I know Jesus is with me. This is what God has for my life. There's a sense that that says, no, he is for me. He's for me. Greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. There's a sense of confidence in who God is when you know he's with you. And that's what God wants for every person in this room today. Is this year, we're going to go with Jesus. Not my own will. Not what, what my will is for this place, not what God's will or your, your will is for your life, but what God's will is for. Wouldn't it be something if all of us just said, you know what, this year I want to discover and I want to search for Jesus more than ever before. I want to go after him with all of my heart and seek him and find him and discover his wonderful will for my life. Wouldn't it be amazing if that just began to spread? And we begin to encourage other Christians along the way and say, you know what, brother, sister, listen, let's, let's search for Jesus this year. More than we did last year. Let's go after Jesus. I'm going to find him. I'm going to seek the Lord with all of my heart. I'm going to find him. And I know he's going to help me be with him this year and go with Jesus. It's not about my will. His will be done. Will you stand with me? Every eye closed for just a moment here today. 
I just want to be your friendly encourager today, friendly reminder today. Oh, great are the plans God has for your life. They are so wonderful. They are many. They are beautiful. Yes, they are. Eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and neither has entered in the heart of man the things, the Bible says, that God has prepared for those who love him. Wonderful plans, beautiful plans, things that you could have never thought or even imagined, the Bible says. God wants to do it in your life. It's a beautiful thing. Will you search for him? Will you say, you know what? I'm going to lay down what I've been doing. I'm going to say, Jesus, your will be done for my life. My career, the relationships in my life, the financial decisions in my life, all of it, no, Jesus. If you're not in it, I don't want it. If you're not going to be a part of it, no, Jesus, I don't want it. Where you're at, Lord, that's where I be, want to be. Where you go, Lord, that's where I want to go. If you go forward, I want to go forward. If you go west, I want to go west. Wherever you go, Jesus, lead me. Lead me, lead me, lead me. Can we just make that our prayer here this morning, this year? All of us, we're going to go with Jesus. I'm going to go with Jesus. Lord, this year, we just humble ourselves to you. And Lord, we realize that sometimes we, we pick up our will sometimes. and We do what we want to do. But Lord, today, this morning, may we lay down our will and we pick up the cross and we follow you, Lord Jesus. May we carry the cross and follow you, Lord Jesus, where you have for us, Lord. Lord, for that person who's been going without you, oh Lord, today may your wonderful reminder come to them that it's not too late to turn around. It's not too late to go, go search for Jesus. Go find him. Lord, I thank you this morning. And we welcome your presence in our lives, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, when we've gone on and we've done it without you, Jesus. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, decisions that we've made and that wasn't the decision you wanted us to make, Lord, forgive us. This year, Lord, we want to please you in all that we do, Lord. May we act in obedience and following you. Lord Jesus, lead my life. I'm going to go with you. And God, may we find encouragement and strength in knowing that where God leads, he will provide. Where God leads, He will cover and defend. Where God leads, He will take care of us. Thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, Jesus. Lead us, Holy Spirit. Let us be led by the Spirit. We want you, Lord. This morning, you need prayer. Feel free to come to the front. We want to pray with you as the choir comes. You need the Lord in your life. You need Jesus. You say, Charlie, I've been going too long like this. I need Jesus. Just come this morning. We'd love to pray with you today. We're going to stand with you in agreement. God's going to help you, give you grace today. Look, if Mary and Joseph could miss out that Jesus was with them, anybody can. Anybody can. Oh, Lord, we need you today, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're looking for you today, searching for you. Searching for you, Jesus. We're searching for you today. Search for him this morning. Seek the Lord while he may be found, the Bible says. Seek the Lord. Seek him. We seek you, Jesus. We seek you, Lord. Just in your own way, just call to him. Before we sing, just call out to him. 
Lord, I need you this year. All that I do, Lord, help me. I want to go with you, Lord. Not my will be done, but yours be done, Lord, for my life. Lead me, Jesus. Lead me, Lord. I want you, God, whatever you want to do in my life, Lord, that's what I want. Whatever you say, Lord, that's what I want, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Jesus. I want to go with you, Jesus. and assist the work of your will to be done here, Lord, we pray. God, may the people that are drawn here, Lord, may you arrange the members accordingly. Help us all to be placed exactly how we are supposed to be so that your will can be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Oh God, we want to be a people that are surrendered and yielded to you, Lord. We want to go with you this year, Lord Jesus, not without you, Lord. God, it doesn't matter what culture says, what society says, what cool church says. Lord, we want what you want, Jesus. So fill us, Holy Spirit. Empower us by your Spirit to do the will of God on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. We welcome your direction, Lord. We welcome what you want to say, God. We give ourselves to you, Lord. We're not going back, Lord. We're going to follow Jesus this year, Lord. We're going to follow your plans for our lives. Thank God we're not where we were yesterday. Thank God our, my life is not like it was, but it's going with Jesus. Oh God, we praise you for your grace. 
We praise you for divine provision, Lord. A cloud by day, a fire by night. You were with the children of Israel, so your grace will be with us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God, for your help this year, Lord. You're gonna help us, Lord. You're gonna send support. You're gonna send grace, Lord. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We're going with you, Jesus. We're going with you, Lord. All to you, Jesus. All to you, Lord. Where you lead, Jesus, I'm gonna follow. 